Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 132, and I sat down with singer-songwriter artist Ben Danaher. Ben is from Huffman, Texas, but he lives here in Nashville, Tennessee, which made it easy for us to have the conversation. Ben uh, put out a record this year called Still Feel Lucky. He was uh, noted by Rolling Stone as a country artist you need to know, and they said of the album, it is an impeccable collection of songs as emotionally thorny as they are catchy. It's a hell of a compliment. Ben is, uh, I've seen Ben play live, uh, and he is fantastic. Very, uh, very honest music, which I personally think is the best kind, especially in a world that tries to run away from vulnerability. Ben seems to grab hold of it with both hands. Um, He is going to be doing some shows in Texas coming up, a couple in D.C., uh, something in Nashville. Uh, So I just thought I'd go through that really quick for those of you who might want to go see him. On December 10th through the 12th, he's playing Main Street Crossing in Tumbled, Texas, on December 13th at Green Records in New Brunsfeld, Texas, and what else? 1214 at the Fredonia Hotel in Nacogdoches, Texas. I can't believe I'm getting these pronunciations. Uh, December 15th, uh, Ridgely Theater in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, on December 21st, Hill Country Barbecue, Washington, D.C. December 22nd, the Capitol Ale House Music Hall in Richmond, Virginia. And for those of you here in Nashville, Tennessee, he'll be playing on January 25th for the Little Harpeth Brewery. So if you are in any of those places, I highly recommend checking Ben out because you will not be disappointed. He's very, very good. Ben and I talked about all sorts of really interesting things about his family and his process and his heroes and what he's trying to accomplish. Uh, We do some deep dive. We get pretty philosophical and uh, really enjoyable. A quick corrections from last week's episode with Christina Zanato. Uh, She not only looks at the tiger shark, but also many different species of sharks within the Caribbean reef sharks. So the tiger shark is one of those species, but there's a handful of others as well. So I just want to make that correction. So anyway, there's that. Okay, the usual stuff. Um, Social media, Hey Human Podcast can be found just by looking for Hey Human Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. My personal social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is Susan Ruthism. You can email me, Susan, at Hey Human Podcast. And, uh, oh, also, if you are around iTunes... Go on iTunes and rate and review Hey Human as well. Uh, I really appreciate that. And also, if you shop Amazon and uh, you are so inclined, please go to heyhumanpodcast.com. You'll see on that front page, there's an Amazon portal. You click on the portal and you shop on Amazon as you normally would. And a little bit comes back to Hey Human Podcast, which helps support the podcast. And I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think that's all the news that's fit to print, as they say in the, I don't know, what, 1890s? I don't know where that came from. Thanks for listening, and, uh, 
Here we go. And Dan and her. Yay! Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, you just got back from Atlanta, uh, uh -huh. where you did a show. You are uh, a, a troubadour. Yes. That's a good word for it. That's basically <laughs> That's a, a, nice word a for folk it. singer. <laughs> but I like are, the word troubadour. You are broke. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm being a creative in this world, unfortunately, is that. But yeah. Um, I like the word troubadour because it starts with true, uh -huh. which I like. Yeah, I grew up hearing that word from all the Texas guys, like Guy Clark yeah. and, and Towns Van Zandt and Rodney Crowell. They were like the dudes who like beat up the highway and that always seemed like the life to live, you know? You started out in Texas. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, we grew up just northeast of Houston. Yeah, and I assume because your dad is a songwriter. Mm -hmm. These are all questions, of course, you probably get asked a million times, yeah, but, I, but it sort of touches on who yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. So if you grow up in a family that does music and it still didn't, it didn't talk you out of it. No, yeah, Which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, um, I had a really good experience with my dad as a, as a musician and uh, both of my brothers played music and it was always around our house and they tried to get me to play when I was little. They wanted me to play bass. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was too, too young, I think, to, I was 10 years younger than my brother. And so. Um, You're the youngest child? I'm the youngest, yeah. Me and, too. Are you? Yeah, wow. babies. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was like 17 by the time I picked up a guitar um, but yeah I you know like I, we, we played baseball growing up my dad was like a huge baseball buff where he like had the the batting cage in the backyard and like the whole like Nazi training facility <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then, giving you injections to yeah be a yeah yeah no it was like it was intense Making, you know? putting like, Cuban genes in your DNA yeah it's weird <laughs> you have a mustache and you're 12 um, <laughs> but um yeah it was that was so intense that whenever I got to college um I tried out for the team at Texas State and I didn't make the team and then I just immediately just started like learning how to play songs on the guitar and it was weird it was like nobody told me that i should do that it was just i felt like because my family did it that i should sh try and was like, your mom musical no so she had to put up with all these men folks <laughs> patron saint yeah. yeah 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 were you worried about i mean oops but sorry you, you brought you up you, you brought up money and i mean uh -huh. of course as a especially in the folk arts and the songwriter the truth tellers yeah there are a few that um, great socks, oh, by the thank way. Thank you. Yeah, avocados. That's awesome. There are a few <laughs> that um, you know go on to greatness, and you can be great, and nobody's ever heard of you. Yeah. And Texas is big. Sure. So, how did you wrap your brain around the idea of going out on this adventure and knowing that full well that it might it not might tank? Yeah. Um, well, I had a pretty good good view of um a success story like my my brother was playing guitar for a guy named pat green mm -hmm. and in texas at the time when i was in high school they were like selling out like three thousand seat rooms and it, they were like little rock stars in within texas's culture you know and and uh that was the most appealing thing at the moment. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm definitely doing that, you know? Yeah. And like... Chicks everywhere. Yeah, chicks everywhere. <laughs> you, all the free beer you want. And um, and so um, it wasn't until like I, I started writing songs and I started playing shows and I was trying to be like Pat Green. I was just like, he was so charismatic. You'd walk on stage and be like larger than life. Yeah. Um, like thing, you know? And... Uh, 
And I and I tried that for a second, and I realized it wasn't me. And then I started digging in closer to like the songwriters that were writing the songs, and those guys were a lot more coy and quiet, and like, and sad, and like, I've, I've felt a connection with that life more, you know. And it didn't it didn't seem like Texas. Not that there was anything bad with Texas, but it didn't seem like where I was at in Texas that that was gonna be the right spot for me to be. Mm. And so Nashville seemed like an easy. So you were 17 when you picked up the guitar. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you first wrote a song then? I was around that time. Oh, so uh, kind of jumped yeah, right in. Like, yeah, Crazy that, person uh, you. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like anybody else, you get the guitar and you start looking up tabs and you're like learning sure. how to play, you know, Sweet Home Alabama or whatever. And then, um, and then I, uh, I had written a song or two of my own and my dad had a, like a recording studio at the house and so we jumped in the booth and recorded them and they were awful and uh and then there was this there was a, a open mic in san marcus where i went to college called cheatham street warehouse it was a bar and they had a songwriter night and the owner would like run people out of there if you talked and so it was like he harvested like this really awesome environment for people to try out new songs and stuff and mm -hmm. that became like my hang you know when i was in college and so i started going out there and and uh and meeting all the other songwriters and people with the family background were you scared to perform the first time or did you just sort of go yeah. for it yeah no i was terrified yeah um and it, it which is weird because i thought you know you think in your head like you see your dad do it a million times and you're like that was easy but then like there was like a happy hour with like six people and i was like shaking i was so scared and like uh yeah i don't know it took it took a long time to kind of get a comfort level mm. with performing do you so. remember when that moment happened Mm, no, I don't specifically. Um, I had a band in college that we, we played, you know, 50, 60 shows at that mm. bar. And and it was usually um, us getting all of our buddies who were in the dorms to come out. And so everybody was familiar. Um, it wasn't until, like, I started opening for other bands and other, like, for their audiences where it was like, oh, I have to actually say something that my friends don't know is like part of this inside joke or whatever you know to yeah. like entertain these people and uh and that was nerve-wracking for yeah. a while you know but. but but your friends were all like go go yeah yeah they were did really anyone smart. say you're crazy stop stop uh my sister yeah <laughs> out of love you know it wasn't yeah. like a negative thing but like and, and she never i don't know if she ever said that point blank it's more of like a hey, what are you doing for retirement? Or what are you, you know, like, <laughs> health insurance? You know, like, like that kind of stuff. Um, no, nobody ever tried to, like, talk me out of it, per se. It was more of just, like, you get the, the weird look. Like, are you sure you want to try to do that? You know, that's a, weird, that's a really hard life. Yeah. Yeah. Did you start out writing untruths before you found your truth? Or did Kinda, you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I, yeah, I remember the first couple songs I was trying to be somebody else you know i was like writing songs about drinking and i was like 17 you know i didn't know much about that stuff and i thought it was cool and so um i don't know when that when that moment clicked for me to like it's probably shortly actually you know like right before i moved to nashville i wrote this song called starting over and that was the first time i got a reaction out of people that i was like i just said i wrote the song in about a half hour and i just said what i needed to say and like it was the strongest reaction I had gotten out of everyone. And so yeah. that kind of, I think, turned things for me. I was like, okay, then you write from this place every time now. What was that song about? Um, 
That was about a lot. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, at the time, you know, my, my brother had passed away. And my, my um, I was about to move to Nashville. I had just broken up with this girl that I was dating. I had toured in Texas for a couple of years and with a band. And we had put out a, like a five-song record. And, um, and it wasn't working. And so that song was more about, like, it was, I knew I was going to Nashville and I was going to to start fresh and like um it's not easy it's like it's actually the hardest thing that you could possibly do is is just wipe the slate clean and and start fresh and that was that was like that that take on it yeah it's a lot of bravery in that yeah it, i mean at the time i didn't know what i was doing i just needed to needed to go somewhere else you know the good news is none of us know what we're doing yeah I guess so it doesn't so, really yeah. make a difference you yeah. know you might as well just go for it because yeah. nobody has any clue what they're doing really i yeah. mean i think there's a lot of um i'm skeptical on the ones who who say they do yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um why nashville i mean texas has this rich music yeah. uh scene uh-huh. obviously people can tour Texas and never get home. It's huge. Yeah. So why Nashville? Um, I was so I was writing in Austin with a couple different people. I was like just starting to branch out into co-writing, and um, I wrote a song with a guy named Rob Baird, who was an artist. He's originally from Memphis, but he lived in Austin, and he had a record deal at Carnival Records up here. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good. Yeah. I like Carnival. Yeah, they're, they're truth tellers. They're great. And so that was like the best introduction to Nashville that I could have gotten, you know, mm-hmm. was um, he recorded the song we wrote and then I connected with um, the A&R girl or the um, label person over there named Courtney Gregg mm-hmm. and she took me on and it was able to help me get co-writes when I, and, and I started flying to Nashville because I was like, I don't explore, like this is what people do, I should go up there and see if I can mm-hmm. get co-writes and like start to do that. And so I did, and uh, and things started to feel more at home there um, with with just like that level of of grind. I think like I wanted to be a professional songwriter, and like I saw how many songs got churned out, and like and it was it was crazy. Um, and then there's this there's a guy named Alan Shamblin who's from the town I grew up in. Very famous songwriter. Yeah. 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 And um, he and my dad were actually really good friends, and. I had a long conversation with him about Nashville and Texas, and and he kind of broke it down. He was like, you know, who are your heroes? And I said, Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt and Rodney Crowell. And he goes, guess where they all lived? And I was like, he's like, at least for a year. You know, at least go for a year and see. And, uh, and I got up here the first week I was here. He was getting inducted in the Hall of Fame, and he bought me a ticket to go to his ceremony. And, like, I sat at a table with him and his wife and his kids and his first publisher and Wynonna Judd saying, I can't make you love me. And, like, it was, like, the most surreal, like, movie experience, you know. And um, that, that hooked me. Like, I was like... Welcome to Nashville, kid. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was great. It was just like oh people, people wanted to help, you know. Yeah. That was the thing. Like, everybody I met when I flew up here was so willing to, like, give you all the resources. And I was like, not that Texas was not like that. Like, Texas had a lot of love for you, too. Mm-hmm. But maybe they just didn't have the, the wealth of resource at the, at the time. And I read somewhere that uh, your dad helped Alan mm-hmm. when he was cutting his teeth as it were yeah so my dad is older than him and he and and alan would would come 
you know, help him carry his gear and ask him a million questions about the music industry and like, or performing, you know, yeah. One, one story Alan tells is about, um, Alan was scared to perform and, and my dad told him, you just look right over their heads, you know, and like, and I don't know if that's great advice or not, but Alan remembered it and talks about it. And so it, it's, it is cool to, that, that thing works in a full circle, you know, like I, I call Alan all the time and we talk Yeah. and he, you know, talks me off the, the cliff off the cliff yeah of you're staring at all, all of my fears you know yeah i do know um i do i think it's really cool that because i think a lot of successful people mm-hmm. not all of them but a lot of them forget where they came from mm-hmm. and i think we as fans of music or arts in general or, or maybe even in business mm-hmm. um that we look to the people that have quote unquote made it yeah. And we think, oh, they've got it all together. They yeah. must have known from the get-go. And we forget that they, too, had this moment yeah. of insecurity and, you know, nativity. And, oh, yeah. You know. And they and, still do. You know, like, I still yeah. talk to them. And it's, I went to Vermont a couple summers ago. And I, I remember I was up there trying to write a record. And I was living with my grandmother. And, uh, and I didn't have anybody to bounce the songs off of other than my grandmother who was 94 and she would like everything I did, but I wasn't playing shows when you don't, you forget that if you're not like outperforming those songs or having publisher meetings, you're not getting that instant feedback, good or bad. So you have no frame of reference on what your stuff like resonates with anybody else. The audience will tell you for sure. Yeah. You just react to it, you know? And, uh, and so I called him and I was like, I, you know. Feel like I'm getting worse at this and he's like no I wiped my books you know he's like I, I just canceled all my co-writes for the last two months because I was feeling the same way and he's like and then me and Mark Beeson and Jamie Floyd wrote this song called The Blade and I was like oh, okay <laughs> like which is an amazing song it's, right, it's a wrote. beautiful song yeah um but then you know we talked a couple months later after I got back to Nashville and it was the same thing it was like he was frustrated he had two holds on the Tim McGraw record that got dropped and a, and a song he wrote with Pink that got dropped all in the same week mm-hmm. and he was having to recenter himself and it was like this never stops you know and mm-hmm. that's part we of it we must be lunatics yeah yeah <laughs> well, it's, well it's it's almost it, it, you, you hate that he goes to it but like at the same time it's the human side of him that you're like oh okay like I can chill out a little bit now because this isn't the end of the world. This is just a bump in the road, you know. Yeah, and that humanity, that moment of realness, is what helps shape his truth as well, mm-hmm. and to be able to see it in each other. I mean, the, Nashville to me is a double-edged sword. You know, it's I think community and communion is so important in songwriting, and it and there is a lack of that uh-huh. as well as a wealth of that, yeah. just depending on the day or the yeah, hour. Sure. You know, and like we can listen to the radio and, and just, I, for myself, when I listen to the radio, a lot of times I think, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the point of even putting that in the world? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, if it's the whole, the whole reason songwriters exist, right, is, is, well, A, they have to get out whatever it is in them. Mm-hmm. God help us. But also, <laughs> we are the mouthpiece for those who can't yeah. feel something or don't know how to say it or or maybe they just need a friend in that one moment in the middle of their living room when they just broke up with someone or yeah. they just lost somebody close or, or they're in the happiest moment of their life and then that friend is coming through the right. radio or the iPod or whatever it is and uh, I, I don't know, I, I get bummed out I think when when I hear 
especially in the genre of country, which has its roots in folk, obviously, in the Americana and the blues experience, mm -hmm. where those are real stories. So I get so sad when yeah. I don't hear that being represented. And oh, it yeah. just means I'm getting yeah. old. I don't know, no. <laughs> but it's hard. No, I, I wonder about that. The evolution of, of country music is funny. Like, I remember when my dad, when Garth Brooks came out, my dad was like, this is this is crap. This is not country, you know? This guy's out there, like, dancing and doing it. And, like, and now our generation, or my generation, is like, that's classic country. And you're like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, not that there's anything wrong with Garth Brooks. I think he's great. But it just, I think it, that's kind of like, in, you know, who knows, in 30 years we'll be like, remember when country was good? Like, when... Yeah, I know. Jason Aldean's country now or something. Like, I hope not, but, like, I don't know. It is an interesting question. Or will it come back around? I just read yeah. some article that said, you know, 90s country is coming back. I was yeah. like, well, at least those are story, stories. Yeah. You know, and the people like Alan Shamlin, you know, or the Mark Beesons or the, yeah. you know, the, the ones that wrote those kind of songs yeah. that are, can't get arrested, you know. Yeah. Except on Americana. They get arrested on Americana, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know, I don't know if those guys think about it at all. They, they probably just, don't. They go in and they try to. F they like, have the luxury not to, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I try to not. I try to have that luxury too. So I, I look for other ways to supplement income because it. Yeah. There's there's, the way I look at it, you're gonna have you have so much energy, creatively to invest. You've mm -hmm. got and and people are like, well, why don't you just go write a truck song and then you can live off of that? And then it's like it doesn't work like that. Like Dallas Davidson is writing those songs every day, and so I'm not gonna waltz in and try to write a truck song and beat him at that game. And he's not gonna waltz in right. Alan Shamblin's world and write a song of the year that you know, like it, I mean, my Alan, he's pretty talented. But it's I, I know what you're saying. Though. Yeah, no yeah, offense yeah. to Dallas, I no, get what you're saying. No. Yeah. But it's just that's his. And now here he is. Don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, why don't you come on in? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> That'd be funny. amazing that if that happened. Punk episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, but um, I forgot where I was going with that. It's it. Um, but you stay in your lane. In your lane, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the uh, I think there's always going to be something with. Uh, what you do creatively that you don't like you know like right now for me i made a record that i love and i and i and i love everything i'm saying on it and i'm putting it out in the world and it's getting it's exceeded whatever reaction i thought i would get from it but still feel lucky that record yeah that record the yeah. new one yeah and is there's so much work to do that i didn't know i was gonna have to do you know like to promote it or to like i feel like i'm constantly on my phone like just tweeting about shows and like different things and and uh it's that or it's you go write at a publishing company and write songs that you might not want to write and i you know i think there's a there's a battle somewhere i would rather put the work in on my own voice i guess than hallelujah else. brother yeah yeah i don't know I'm preaching to the choir on that <laughs> one for yeah. sure yeah yeah um let's go back a little bit so, uh, how many records now have you put out? Um, is this the second or the third? This is, okay, so I put two EPs out. This is the first full-length record, but the first EP that I put out was in like 2007, maybe? And um, that one I kind of wiped from the internet. 
<laughs> I understand that yeah, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, Starting Over was the second EP that I did. Um, and that one came out in 2013 when I moved, like two years after I moved here. Okay. So you haven't even been here very long, really. Seven years. Oh, are you getting the itch? No, I feel good about it. Um, you know, so in some ways I feel trapped because I feel like everybody's coming here for the same reason. And, mm -hmm. like, you see other people like, I'm just going to go to Seattle or I'm going to go to Chicago or live here, live here, you know. That sounds great, but I don't think I can do what we do anywhere else, you know. Like, New York or L.A. maybe, but, like, I don't know. But what you do, do you write a lot with other people? yeah. I just feel like the like the res like there's there's things I've gained from living here and being in proximity to all the other stuff going on mm. that you know the way Alan put it was there's things that happen in Nashville in two weeks that would take you two years in Texas mm. mm -hmm. just because you're there and like there was a slow pitch softball team you're on that you ended up with four co writes on somebody's record or something you know like that kind of stuff. I just take up baseball. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean that's. <laughs> That was a, like a small example. Yeah, you know, but like makes sense. Yeah, you have to. What do they always say here in Nashville? To be here, be present. Must be present to win. Sure. Is that it? Yeah. I think that's just true in life, though. Just mm -hmm. be present in your life. Mm -hmm. Keep showing up. Um, mm -hmm. It's easy a, to check out. There's a great quote Alan has about um, songwriting, where he talks about, you know, you're not going to catch a wave on the beach. Like you have to get on the board and go out into the ocean every day. And like talking about writing every day. And sure. That's, that's such a true analogy, I think. Like, even if you feel like you suck at it, it's like you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna win. Do you believe that people are either born with the innate talent or not, or do you think that if you're not, there's really you can only learn so much. But if you are, that's where the ex, you know, the acceleration happens. I think it's a it's a wide conversation because it, it is if you have to have some of it to motivate you, mm. or like uh, like some kind of reaction. I think you get from people that says you sh you're in the right place to be doing this. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you can you can work at anything. Yeah. But <clears throat> singing, maybe that's different. Like, I think some people cannot sing. Yeah, and, they made whole and, careers out of it. Yeah. Though, <laughs> <honestly>. <laughs> that's funny. But I don't know. Songwriting, I feel like that's something that if you, it's like anything else, if you worked out enough, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I I had to think, like, that you're privileged because you write songs. It's like, uh, it, you're lucky to be doing it. But I don't know if, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's up to us sometimes, like, what we're writing. You mean because you're a conduit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Friends of mine who have quit, I, I've said, please give me your secret. What is the secret? Yeah. I'll drink the potion right yeah, now. What yeah, do I need yeah, to do to yeah. stop? Because it's a sickness. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind would choose the creative path. Oh, I know. We must be touched with madness. I know. I had a friend of mine the other day, like, my, my daughter's really into singing. Like, where should I send her after high, high You're school? You're like, law like, school. Yeah, like, why, why would you do that to her? <laughs> Child abuse. Exactly. <laughs> Damn supportive parents. What were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. I remember my uh, ENT doctor back in Seattle. Um, he had a band. They were called uh, Code Blue, and That's I was awesome. and I just thought that was so funny. He was the lead singer and songwriter in this band, and I thought, well, you know, I guess you figured it out. 
you know, you decided to be a, a, an MD mm-hmm. that has a side thing that you still get to involve with your passion. It's an interesting, it's an interesting choice, the life choice, to live in a van and to traverse the universe yeah. with a pen in your hand, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Truth on your tongue, you hope. <laughs> <laughs> Most times, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I wonder how much of it makes you happy, you know? Like right now I'm starting to have those, those questions where it's a grind, it's such a grind, where there's days where I'm like, I'll scream. And it's, like, out of just, like, pure, overwhelming, like, just, like, angst. Like, what the fuck have yeah, I done? Like, what, like, what in, like yeah. who on earth would, yeah. you know, do this? And, like, but then there's, like, moments that make up for it, like, yeah. right around the corner. And it's, I don't know, like, <laughs> driving back from Atlanta last night was one of them. Or that I did this, I had this tour in the U.K. where I was supposed to do seven, seven dates with uh, our artist named Wade Bowen. And he's awesome. And yeah, he's really talented. He had a vocal cord surgery a week before we left. And so I was like $2,500 in flights under before we went. And then I had one show and basically had to like scramble for the rest of them. And then Lori McKenna asked me to do like three shows in the Northeast. So it was like logistically trying to figure out this like, I felt like the guy on the chalkboard with the ladder, you know, like trying to figure out this math equation of just travel. And then you're like getting three hours of sleep a night and you're jet lagged and like which is hard on the voice anyway yeah it was like and the mind it was one of those moments where i was like why like this is where everybody jumps off the the boat you know and somebody somebody had a good point they're like this just proves how much you're willing to fight for it you know and it at the time i was like thank you for saying that because that's a great battle cry but i'm still gonna like i'm still melting down you know yeah Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. And it's hard. It's hard on relationships. It's hard because yeah. your first love and your first lover will always be this creative being. Oh, yeah. It is its own entity. And whomever enters your life, you're, they already are battling a mistress that they can't even see. Yeah. Or let alone understand half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. I know. Like, I, I, I talked to, like, people I went to high school with, and their lives are so much simpler. And it's like, oh, my God, I envy that. You know, like, I envy that you put everything into your marriage, and like, and you have your kids, and, like, you go to your work, and, like, that you know how things are going to shake out for the, mo- for the most part, you know. With, mm. But, you know, we don't know where our next record's going to come from or how we're going to be able to do it or... Or how many more quesadillas we can eat in a week. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It is interesting. I was, I had mentioned when we were pouring coffee upstairs that um, my uncle passed away, so I was up at his memorial in Baraboo. It's a very small town. I don't know, like 12,000 people. And, you know, we set up the thing, and people brought potluck, and, and it was in the local coffee shop, and... People from his, he was a professor, so people from his, the college came. And then he was very political, he's super liberal, you know, blue guy. (laughs) And so, uh, and and his wife, my aunt, passed away a couple years prior. They were beloved in this town. And, you know, over here was all the political people. And then here's the neighbors and friends. Over here, the professors. And I was an interloper. You know, watching all of this happen, I represented the family because my cousins who are in L.A., they couldn't come to this. They had a mm-hmm. funeral in Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. they couldn't come to this. Mm-hmm. And so it was me representing my dad, and you know, whatever. Yeah. 
and I was looking around at people noshing and doing their thing and chatting and having political debates over here and talking about mathematics or whatever over here. And yeah. I was thinking, this is what most people, this is their life. Yeah. Who's, who's going to bring the cheese plate when I die? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's this weird, I had this yeah. moment of, wow, this is what, this is what most people's lives are like. Yeah. 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 You know, that they are in this t a town and I like small towns anyway, personally, yeah. I just love the community of it. And just to watch these people and then they would come up to me and and say how much they love my uncle and and my aunt and and what that those people meant you know what they meant to those people and it was it was so surreal uh -huh. it really was I'm like oh this is what it's this is what it's like you know <laughs> my last boyfriend was probably what oh my god it's been a couple years now my last lover was well over a year ago so i'm thinking because that's the reality is you live an insular life you know, yeah, when yeah. you're a creative. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. You might bounce around from thing to thing and, you know, or whatever, but... But you, don't, you know, you don't anchor into a, yeah. a society or like a... Yeah. Our tribe is is the, the, you know, box of misfit toys. Well, it moves, too. In this yeah. business, like, the That's turnover true. is so high. Yeah, that, that is true. It is like, you know, this year, it could be these people, and, like, you mm -hmm. ride with them, and they're really supportive, and then... Then they move to L.A. or they or they go back home because they, they don't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Um, and you came from you know a creative family, mm -hmm. so you automatically have that, I suppose. In in you have a, at least an insular tribe within the family, but then you you lost your dad, mm -hmm. you lost your brother, mm -hmm. and I mean, and and please talk about that if 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 sure. you're. If you want to, I mean, yeah, don't yeah. feel pressure to, but it's a, that's a lot. Yeah. It's, you know? Yeah, that is, it's, it is like a, uh, a big chunk of like your home team, you know, to yeah. go away. And it's like, after that happened, that was like a big moment for me where I, I was like looking for that, that comfort feeling of like having a place or like, um, not even a place, but just that feeling, you know, like where it felt like you were at home and you could like relax and like be yourself and not put on a face and like uh i don't know if that ever came back you know um there was my mom sold the house that we grew up in after my dad passed and moved and so that physical place was gone um not that i needed that so much as like her to be happy um, still a touchstone yeah yeah absolutely i drove back by the um a couple months ago i played a like a house party in my hometown and it was it was overwhelming i just didn't expect it you know like i i had that stuff in a place and like and then i got so busy with everything else that when i even driving back down the street it was like you see this person on a bike and like this person come by and like that house and like you just forgot like completely that that house existed like next door and all these memories of you and your brothers and like your, and all of that comes back and you're like oh my god you know like how did I forget that? And you almost like feel bad about forgetting it because it's like that's that is the hardest part I think is like the fear that you're gonna not talk about this person anymore or like not uh, or that you're gonna their their memory is gonna be gone. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost it's worth grieving to dig that up and have it still sit right there. To be able to touch the yeah. the, the sore place. Sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's it's interesting that that feeling is real, you know, like that home 
home team. Yeah. When your your brother was taken from you, mm -hmm. from your family, um, so for people that don't know the story, sure. your brother was having a birthday party for your niece and, and mm -hmm. his wife, mm -hmm. your sister-in-law, and he, a neighbor, yeah, um, came over and, and there was an altercation and the neighbor killed your brother. Yeah. I think with something like cancer, you know, we can, we can see it yeah. and we can mourn it as it goes. It doesn't necessarily make the loss any less, sure. but, but at least we have a part in the story. And I feel like when somebody is taken from us like that, <clears throat> the, all the control is gone. First of all, it's thrown oh, out the window yeah. And, yeah. and you don't have any part of that story. Yeah. Yeah. With my dad, it was like, we, that was a three year process of him kind of declining and that was yeah. that was hard enough you know to watch somebody suffer but um with my brother I, I remember there being a moment with my parents like when that happened it was like you it's like a bomb went off and you and you're all like you can't hear you can't you know you're the dust is settling and you're figuring out what's going on and you show back up and your parents are like the people that you've always looked up to for control like have lost it and you're like we're, we're so screwed right now. Like, I don't know what's going on, you know? Well, and no parent should bury a child. No, yeah, right. And so that's, and not to, not to knock them, like that's... No, yeah, yeah, no, I like, didn't take it as that. No, but like it just, it, it's like a a very scary moment, you know? Like to, to, like my mom's probably, I've seen her probably cry twice in my life. And that was one of them. And it was like, holy crap. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, something I wouldn't wish on anybody. How do you pick up the pieces, or are you still? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it goes in like moments where you have things figured out for a second, and then like it, it's. I feel like I'm shaping this narrative with each bit of like, especially if you're releasing records and stuff. It's like you're you're doing press, and like people are talking about this scenario and like this thing, and so that in a way is processing it, but like. I go to therapy and like I talk, I don't really even talk about it that much in therapy because I feel like I cover it everywhere else, you know, mm -hmm. to where it's not like a, a thing. It's more like, <laughs> dated the squirrel again the other day and I didn't know what we had. <laughs> it was like more like that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if you ever really get it picked up. It's like, there's, there's times where I'm like, holy crap, I deserve all the attention because this is the, one of the more horrendous things that has ever happened to anybody. And then there's times where I'm like, suck it up. Like, this happens to everybody, you know? It, it goes in, like, these waves of, like, figuring out, like, how to cope, you know? Um, I'm probably a bad example of, like, how to how to do this. There is no uh, yeah, example. I don't know. There's no right or, right? There's, yeah, yeah, how is yeah. there a right way or even a wrong way? Right. There just is. But yeah, I don't know. I don't We're all know doing what, the best we can. You I don't know, know if there's a, like a real answer to that. It's like it's just hard for yeah. the rest of your life, you know. Yeah. Does he shape your writing? Um, not consciously, no. But um, but yeah, uh, I think my life in general, yeah, like an everyday thing. I remember there was uh, this record. There was like a handful of songs about him and my dad that fit this theme but there was also like all these other relationship songs that were on there 
and they were not good relationships. And I was like, who would be in a good relationship during this period of time? You know, it was like one of the girls I had, I went on a date with, I was like, I gotta go home to be on 2020 tomorrow. <laughs> it was like our second date. And so I'm like, this is, a, this is not a good time for me, you know, yeah. to be doing this. It does feel surreal, all yeah, of it, but, yeah. but it's your normal. Yeah. I think that the relationships probably that, and again, this is conjecture, but I think that the relationships mm -hmm. that must work in that realm are the ones where it doesn't phase somebody Yeah. to say, I'm going to go do this thing. And you say, okay, have fun. I'll yeah. see you, you know, when you get back right. or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. the normalcy. Mm -hmm. And I think we creatives across the board, whatever it is we do, we're sold this bill of goods that we are somehow other or strange or don't shouldn't or can't fit into this realm of possible normalcy huh. when all it takes is this person to say okay well that's your normal that's right. fine yeah i accept yeah. that i'll shoulder it with you kind of thing yeah yeah because yeah. what is normal right yeah is normal being married to a lawyer who works nine billion hours a week right. or you know granted it's more money but mm -hmm. But is it? Because if right. you break down the hourly wage, they're making like four dollars an <laughs> yeah, hour, yeah. <laughs> considering how much they have to work. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Um, the title of your album mm -hmm. is great. Thanks. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, the, I mentioned I went to Vermont for a summer. Um, my my grandmother was ninety three at the time, <clears throat> and I was like, I taken a ton of publisher meetings i was like i'm getting a publishing deal and so i went into all these meetings and i was playing them songs and everything was sad and slow and they were like cool <laughs> we'll call you <laughs> or you know like not it wasn't that bad it was just like they were like this is cool this is you know obviously not sellable for radio and i'm like okay i get it but i was still frustrated and so in a in a selfish way i called my grandmother and i was like do you have a room open like can i come up there and like spend a couple and she would of course was like yeah like come on up you know, i have like, so much pudding yeah <laughs> <laughs> but she was like ready you know like just and i hadn't seen her in a couple of years because she had gotten a little too old to travel mm -hmm. and, is uh, this your dad's mom or your, your mom? dad's mom oh actually. wow so that was probably really a big deal for her yeah yeah it was great um and i got i ended up getting so much more out of it than i thought i was going to get like um i took a job that summer working my buddy has a he married into this um, this real estate company that his, his wife's parents and grandfather owned. They basically owned all of Vermont, basically. And I would go out in a company truck with like 16, 17-year-old kids, and we were painting like Buffalo Wild Wings parking lots. And like, um, and then I would go home to my grandmother's house. I would do that three three days a week, and uh, and I'd go back to her, and like we'd we'd hang out and watch Dr. Phil and she would show me how to cook and like, um, that's awesome. it was great. But every day she talked about how lucky she was. And, and I started putting it together. It was like, here I was and not, not to diminish anything that I'd gone through. Cause it was pretty heavy stuff, but like this lady had lost everybody. Like even her sister, <laughs> her sister was like, uh, they had this, like, they're like really like kind of rude to each other in a, in an old funny kind of way that like, Oh, she didn't come to my funeral or she's not going to come to my funeral. I'm not going to hers or something. You know, it was like, they, it was like that, like cut and dry with death, you know, but she had also served in world war two and like just had, had 
so much harder of a life than I had that like she was and she was just talking about how great like great her life was and it was like ah you don't it, like you don't have to choose this path of like the world the sky falling every day because this bad thing has happened in your life like yeah you can mourn it but like there's a lot more real estate left to go explore you know and um buffalo wild wing parking lots exactly. for example <laughs> yeah, ride aids and like um yeah and so when i got back to nashville i started i started digging back in we were making the record and i got uh, scheduled to write with dustin christensen who is amazing and over at carnival ironically enough and uh and we wrote we were i think we were writing like a song about just like being a solid human being and like an adult and like somebody who'd stand up on their own two feet and and then that line came out and we were like oh that's interesting you know and like we just chased it into the that song and it had enough tempo that the record needed it and the narrative like it was like just this thing that just the last piece went into the puzzle and it was ready to go yeah it was interesting did your grandmother have uh good wise grandmotherly wisdom about the fact that she'd lost a son that was your father did you talk um, about that with each other a little bit she was so proud of him you know and it especially with the music stuff because he never had a break in it and that was interesting because she was always his biggest cheerleader and like she'd be like i don't understand why your dad never ever made it it was always to almost to like so loyal to where i would play a song and she would talk about him and it was like okay grandma. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That's but, sweet. but it was sweet yeah um but no, we never talked about any of the like super super heavy emotions on it. Like, but, but yeah, she, yeah, it was it was great getting to spend the time with her. What do you think about death? Like, do you mm. consider it much? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Other than it showed up on your forced, porch, forced but I mean, too, but yeah, it's, you know, it's. Uh, I've I've looked at it in a different way lately. It's like the people who are, are dying are are going away. You don't mourn for them. They're gone, and that's the change. It's the people that are here that are suffering. And if you look at it that way, it's like that's the ripple and the hard part about it. Uh, you know, I think I took it really personal. You know, like whenever my brother passed, that it was. I was, it, it was almost like you're offended that it happened to you, um, in a way, but I don't know. Um, but then like you go, like I, I lived on the end of the street in East Nashville and there was a, um, funeral home and the parking lot was full every day and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not so special. Like, I mean, it, it just happened and it sucks, but this happens to a lot of people every day and like. That's just part of it, you know, not to be like morbid or like um, cold about it, but it just is, it's just a part of life. Did you, have you, um, how do you feel about the man who did it? Is there forgiveness there or is there uh, just a don't go there at all or? No, surprisingly, um, I don't know, you know, it was tough. It was, that was really hard. The trial was tough because like you show up to this courtroom and like, you're 10 feet away from him and his family and like there's nothing separating you from his mom on this pew and like 
he's sitting like 10 feet on the other side of this like wooden barricade from you and you're watching this video over and over again of your brother getting shot and like Jesus. it's it's one of those moments where like one you're pissed that like that he's not taking responsibility for it because he he claimed that he was in self-defense and so that was his alibi and it was his defense team's thing and they they it was almost insulting to me and my family to sit here and go like why why are you not at least saying like i did this you know i'm like, sorry yeah. yeah 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 um there is a part of me that you know for whatever reason like it i'm not justifying what he did or like saying that there was a lot of, of things on his character that came out that were like this probably would have happened um to somebody if it wasn't my brother but there was also like a circumstantial moment in that in that moment that it just happened you know and so i don't know it's like hey, do you think he woke up that morning and was like i'm gonna go kill kelly danaher i don't i don't think he had that in his mind but like i don't know it's hard to let it go you know it's hard to go it's or say it was an accident i don't think it was an accident you know it, it wasn't an accident in the in the i don't think somebody brings a gun without intending to sure use it. i mean no. so to me that seems premeditated having yeah, read yeah. the article yeah. about it yeah yeah but as far as like i guess forgiving him i don't know you know i i i think i put him in a spot where i just don't want him to come back you know if that happened and we're having a hard enough time coping with it and like he'll appeal every now and then and he got off once and like we had to redo the trial and it was like oh my god dude like <laughs> go you know like stop but um but yeah as long as he's there and like everybody can like regroup and like try to at least like pick everything up then it, that can live like that you know and that's probably where it'll stay i don't yeah. know that's probably not like the the purest way to look at it but i don't know i you think know, it I, is I, exactly I, what it's supposed to be right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean who's to say right mm -hmm. everybody gets to have their own experience mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um do you ever dream about your brother or your dad do they come to you in dreams and give you any kind of information <clears throat> or i don't i haven't had like a really vivid dream in a long time other than like like a serving dream like I, I, I bartend at weight tables and so like I'll have one of those where you're like waking up sweating going oh my god I, I didn't bring chicken tenders to table 43 you know but like yeah every now and then every now and then it'll, it'll come to me and it's like it is it's always sweet you know it's it's never like a like a negative thing it's always like I feel lucky if it's there you know mm -hmm. but, um do you believe in an afterlife hmm or for that matter, in a higher power or any of that stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I pray and I and I, I I believe there's something more than us. Um, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I haven't like I, I, I'm not an expert on yeah religion or, or but um, I don't know that it's a religious question. No, no, yeah, it's it's interesting. I grew up Catholic and like we were always. We were raised around Christian principles, um, but you know there was a, there was a period of time there where you get to be like, like, who would who would do this to, you know, people that they like. You what know. kind of God? You yeah, mean? yeah. My yeah. mom really struggled with that, you know. Understandable. She still does. Yeah. 
Um, Did she talk to you much about the fact that two people she loved so dear were uh, taken from her? Not in a uh, that like plain way. Um, she'll reference it like it'll be like if you're struggling with this, if I can go through this, then you can, you know, like do that, you know, like and kind of like a supporting way. Um, and she's mentioned the religion thing like that, like needing to take a break from that for the moment yeah um she's not what she's not the kind of person who like let's round table this and <laughs> ever with anything you know like it's <laughs> like uh it's a generational thing too maybe yeah 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 but, yeah. but she's actually i'm so really surprised at how well she's doing you know she stays really busy and like um she seems happy that's good is, it's good yeah Happiness is quite the commodity these days. Yeah, yeah. 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 It is, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to come by. It is. It can be. Mm -hmm. Does it, do you think about the fact that, um, like, cancer is a specter in its own right mm -hmm. to everyone, whether it's touching their family or not, now that it's touched yours, do you, I mean, do you worry about that with your health and stuff, or did you, because I know you, mm. did you quit drinking or you cut back on drinking? No, I quit completely. You quit, okay. Yeah, and it wasn't like a health like a physical health thing is always like a mental health thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably should be more concerned with... Well, uh, I can't, may I ask? What he had, uh, it was rectal, and okay. then it moved to his liver and his lungs. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he got it or how it like started there. But um, I I have a uh, a big place in my heart for people who dealing with cancer and, and having to go through that because it's one of those things where you watch somebody's body change so much like that like with whatever treatment they're going through or just that rapid kind of like decline and then it's it's tough to, you know even in the years that they're there they're yes it's you're grieving that loss of the it is very weird to see people waste away first mm -hmm. of all mm -hmm. to and then it's like cancer becomes this marionette that's just keeping these skin and bones moving. Yeah. You know? It's the puppet master yeah. on this poor body that how can it take any more? And yet it somehow does. Yeah. And then it doesn't. Yeah, and it comes and goes for some people. And that's what's crazy. It's like just like a like this like this thing that just comes back to haunt them, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's I can't imagine living in that fear. If you had it, then you, you're like scared you're always gonna have it again. Or like, I don't know. It does beg the question about, you know, what are you doing right now? Mm -hmm. It's is it is our life always in the future or is it mm -hmm. ever in the palm of our hand and we're looking at it? Yeah. And why is it so scary to just be in the moment? We're always either in the f past or the future. Yeah. I what is it about this moment yeah. that is so... I mean, it's happening, so really, what is there to be afraid of? And yet, here we are living over here, or living way back there. Mm -hmm. And that is even more ridiculous, having been a person that's obsessed over the past before. That, you really aren't going to do anything about that. Yeah. That just is. So, sure. to even give it a second thought is... It seems like such a waste of energy and, and your heart, but... Boy, it's your heart to not do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know what is so terrifying about allowing yourself to like just be present. Yeah, I I tried to take a nap today and it was like 
I woke up heart palpitations like oh my god I gotta do this 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 and this and like <laughs> or I don't know the good news is, is if you don't do anything, the world still... I mean, I think yeah, there's like... Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it is. Maybe we live in the future and the past because if our ego thinks that in this moment we're not consequential, then what the what's the fucking point, really? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. maybe that keeps us from... Maybe it's our ego that keeps us in all those different directions. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's true. Yeah, it's like a slap in the face if you don't get to where you're hoping you would be you know like nobody's like judging you on that most people are so concerned about themselves they yeah. don't even notice you <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and for me especially with this record it's like we we did all this press work and we got a lot of like talk about the record we got some great write-ups and then you people are loving it with it. thank you and then you get out there and you and you sell 20 tickets and it's embarrassing and it's and it's only embarrassing to me. Like, nobody else on the team, everybody else on the team is like, you sold, you sold 30 tickets in Atlanta? Great. And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> we were just in the Wall Street Journal. And, like, we were just, like, and I think it's because you set your expectations to be this thing. It's like, I'm going to launch myself out of bartending, and I'll be a professional musician, and people will respect me, and, like, it'll work. Yeah. And what does that look like? You know, does, is that, I don't know, does that mean that, you have a manager does that mean you have a booking agent does it mean that you're you have a new van or a bus or like whatever uh it is the stories people give us that we choose to take or not right yeah so what is success because I, most people i know and myself included is in a moment of success you go oh my god yay and then you think what's next what do mm -hmm. i have to do next to be totally to stay relevant yeah, yeah. but relevant to whom yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're in such a culture now where the attention span is so short that, yes. like, I'm terrified that when the press runs out off this record, am I going to have the means to make another one? Or right. am I going to have to go back to work at Third and Lindsley, which I don't mind doing. Like, I'm fully prepared. I'm doing it tonight. Um, but, like, is that going to, like, in the rest of the world's eyes be a failure? You know? Like, mm -hmm. am, I, am I not going to have jumped up enough to where people go... I can trust this, like, he's having this moment, like, let's all get on board, or at least listen, you know? And are they getting on board for the right reason? Are they getting on board with you because they love what you do, and you're creating something beautiful and important, you know, to them? Or is it because the Wall Street Journal told them they're supposed to feel that way? Mm. So which is more honest, you know? Yeah, I don't know, you know? I don't know either. Like, it's... There's moments where you're like, I can celebrate this. This is a gain, you know? Like, there was a, there was a moment last, last month. I played a house concert in Atlanta, and then the next day I was going to play in Dahlonega, Georgia, at the Crimson Moon, and I had a $100 guarantee, and the club emailed me at noon and said, hey, you sold five tickets. Do you still want to do the show or not? And I was like, uh, you know, like... Of course, I still want to do the show, but am I going to be wasting everybody's time at this at this venue? Um, are they going to be losing money? I gave my guarantee back, and I said, let's make it a free show, and I'll make five people cry at the, this place. And I showed up. Uh, like, 20 people ended up coming in just by walking up and seeing what was going on. And then last night in Atlanta, this guy shows up, and he's like, saw you in Delonica. And I was like, we won. Like, we that was enough for me to go... That was worth doing the show. 
and that was a small moment where it was like this gut check like you did the right thing and got at least rewarded he brought two people so there was you know I, I doubled my fan base in, <laughs> in Georgia. It's great, but, though. I mean, and, yeah. and if you think about that, like if you're looking out in an audience of three mm. and one person is moved to tears or, you know, you've told their story somehow and 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 that's a big deal. Mm. And then let's say you go and do a show for 3,000 mm -hmm. and 2,999 people are like, oh, good show, and they leave, yeah. but one person was like, holy fuck. Yeah, what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess by like, like the music industry standards, it's yeah, like... Yeah, fuck them. I know, I know, I know. And the, the, their measuring stick is all social media, you mm -hmm. know, and that's hard because it's like... But see, that's eating pace to me. To yeah, totally. The whole, when I hear stories from friends about how they've sat in rooms, you know, on the other side, on the evil empire side of, sure. you know, they're in their publishing meetings and are they going to sign X writer because he or she is an exceptional writer or Y writer because they have 10,000 Instagram fi followers, but they're uh -huh. shitty writer yeah. and they go with the shitty writer. That's on them too. Yeah. Because, and I say it all the time, I believe people will rise to the occasion. I believe their ears and their hearts and their souls and their minds will rise to mm -hmm. the occasion, but we do not give them the opportunity because yeah. we just keep giving them pace. Oh yeah. Well, you yeah, know? and everybody gets distracted. No, no. So they can't see. So all we can do is just show up and be the very best of whatever it is we are yeah. and create the things that move us and know that if it's moving us, it's moving someone else. And mm -hmm. this is advice I have to tell myself all yeah, the time. Totally. It's, it's hard to remember uh -huh. because my God, will it beat you down? Yeah. Yeah. It, it You know, it, it is weird to go out and, and to have people physically sobbing after your show and then to come back to Nashville and just be another drop in the bucket, you know? Um, I don't know. I see people like Marty, too, who... Marty Dotson, the Marty girl? Because there's two, there's a yeah. boy and a girl. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the guy. Marty's I'm, a delight. I think she's she's epically funny. Completely inspired by her. Yeah, she's you know? wonderful. She writes from a true place, and I hope <laughs> yeah, that, I you so. know, she never goes away in this business. A great example is the song she wrote about uh, the date rape song. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah about quarterback. The, the quarterback, yeah. yeah. That song is so important, and it was so well done, yeah. and beautiful, and, you know, people talked about it for a second, and then uh -huh. it went the way things go, but the fact that she created that, mm -hmm. just like Dave Berg and uh, Deanna Bryant and Sarah Buxton wrote Stupid Boy, yeah, yeah. and the song Ticks got to number one, Brad Paisley, yeah. right? It's a funny song. It's yeah. fine. Uh, Stupid Boy made it to number two. It did not surpass oh, Ticks. Wow. Totally different songs. Yeah. Let's... For sake of argument, let's just look at the, the two <laughs> songs and go, okay, hey, funny song, great. Stupid Boy, incredibly important song. Yeah, Quarterback, yeah. incredibly important song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But it it hurts to feel things too. Yeah. So if I'm sitting at the table and I'm already cut open, like you said uh -huh. earlier, you know, that touching of the sore place. Uh -huh. And I keep touching it, eventually it's I'm just be like, fuck, can I just eat some paste? And maybe yeah. that's what it is, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? Because yeah, yeah. we're browbeaten yeah. by feelings. Oh, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. When we walk out the door, when we read the news. Oh, you, you're saying like you want a relief from that. Maybe they do. The I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like beat the shit out of me yeah. with your words. Yeah. You know, I yeah. want to hear everyone's story. No, I believe I in truth. I do. Yeah. And so I'm happy that people like you exist or oh, Marty thanks. or, you know, any number of of truth tellers yeah. or John Prines. Oh yeah. Jesus. I mean, 
or Billie Holiday, or I mean, just mm-hmm. throw a rock and hit one of these mm-hmm. grates and in and, and a line and go, oh my God, that, yes. Oh my God, that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to play something? Because I'm going to just keep waxing poetic oh. otherwise. You're um, welcome to if you want to. Sure. You don't have to. No, I can do that. Um, <laughs> normally have people play? Sometimes, if okay. they want to. You don't have to. I could cut all that out and be like, I never asked you. <laughs> no, well, I'll do one. Okay. I'll do one. Fill up the beer bong. <laughs> <laughs> what song would you like to play? Um, I'll do something new. Something new that... Not on the record new? Not on the record. Mm-hmm. Newer than the record. Okay. Um, I feel like I've, I've... Everybody's gotten a chance to hear those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I wrote this with my friend Olivia Redeen. <gasps> I love Olivia! Yeah. She's one of my favorites. She's so good. We write I, together too. I love her. Yeah, she's and a good egg. She brought this idea in. and uh, It's kind of a song about being a parent, which is weird because I'm, neither one of us are one. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I think we all kind of like had this... If we had kids, this is what we would want to say to them. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Your clean slate, you're wide open. You're allowed to make mistakes, keep on going. So much out there that you don't know yet. Never gonna find it in my footsteps. Strong and stubborn, my roots run deep. I never wondered where else I should be but There's a whole lot of blue skies Never got to see Hope the apple falls farther than the tree I made my bed and I gotta lie in it Don't get me wrong, I don't regret way my life's been I see horizons behind your eyes They're gonna take you down a better road than mine I'm strong and stubborn My roots run deep I never wondered where else I should be There's a whole lot blue skies never got to see I hope the apple falls farther than the tree I couldn't keep you here for any selfish reasons maybe some things grow a little when you Strong and stubborn, my roots run deep I never wondered where else I should be There's a whole lot of blue skies never got to see Hope the apple falls farther than the tree Hope the apple falls farther than the tree
That is beautiful. Oh, thanks. God, love it. <laughs> Gorgeous. I'm gonna move the mic back here. Right. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank do you, you know when you've done that? Do you know that, like in the moment, are you able to yourself say, "Well done." Um, that one, we we were jumping up and down with that one. Like it's yeah, it, especially in a co-write because you're like, you have that person to bounce that. Yeah. Like eh. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, like, and I, I hold her opinion in high esteem. She's that, but she's, she's also great. very great at letting you know when it is good. You mm -hmm. know, that's I, I think that's a true sign of a great co-writer. Yeah, it's like when when somebody is a cheer, like a great cheerleader. Like Alan is like that. Uh, every time I've written with him, he will literally jump up and down. And you're like, dude, you're <laughs> freaking me out right now. But you feel like Bob Dylan, you know, yeah. and, it, and it empowers you to write better lines. But that one, yeah, I remember like leaving there and us both being like, "Yeah, that's a keeper," you know, like that. That we're gonna, I'm gonna play that for a while. You know? Yeah, it's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. yeah so was... what's next? What's happening um, besides, you know, the the usual hopping in a your van, van. which is named Carl. Van. Carl. <laughs> Carl Vanaher. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. I saw the T-shirt for that on your website. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. I don't know where that name came from. It just sounded like a funny name to name your van. And then people started like reacting to it really funny. And like some girl the other day posted a, her profile picture was a selfie with the back of my van. I was like, this is funny. This is different. <laughs> hey, whatever works to yeah. get the word out, right? Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm around um, through November and then December I'm hitting the road again. Um, Tell the fine folks how to find you. Yeah, uh, bendanaher.com has all of my tour dates. And then Instagram, bendanaher music, and Facebook, bendanaher music, and Twitter. Yeah. And I'll put links on heyhumanpodcast.com, as yeah. I always do, so that it's easy to find all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. This and thank you great. for playing a song, too. Of course. No, it was awesome. Thanks for letting me. Now, just in case, is that going to be available anywhere for people? Because, like, no. are you going to throw it up on Spotify or anything? No, I, I hope to record that on the next record. Good. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. But I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Bye, everybody.